What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Will and Hunter are back. We are going to look at the Houston game, what we got right, what we got wrong, and what that means for our game in Raleigh. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They are the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online, and it's easy, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com, through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com, or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right. Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable, your least favorite podcast, least favorite podcast. Uh, we've got Hunter Davidson and Will McKay here. Um, and I, I am still, I still feel weird about the Houston game. I don't know about y'all. I know Hunter was there. Will got to witness it on TV, but the energy in the stadium was just weird. Hunter, did you feel that way? Well, I mean, it was weird in the sense of deflating, you know, and then thinking we were going to lose a couple times. I thought it was a good atmosphere, uh, early. Yeah. Little disappointed in the crowd. I think I'm always going to be a little disappointed. But, um, you know, sitting on the west side, uh, the east side, I think, is always a little less full yeah. than the west side because the sun or whatever. So I'm kind of just staring at that. I mean, and it was maybe like 75% full at the most. I definitely thought side. I definitely thought it was going to be a bigger crowd. And I leaned over <clears throat> to the people I was sitting with, and I told them, like, after halftime, the energy was gone. And I was like, this is – bad because this could easily be a one score game and literally as those words are coming out of my mouth <laughs> tank dale is pushing off <laughs> rabbit for a, you know for that deep ball and i was like oh because my problem with the first half is i thought we played really well and should have been up like 24 3 and we were not and i was worried and then i guess unfortunately that worry was was it was in a good spot yeah was, no, that was that was the thing watching on TV. Um, you couldn't really, to me anyway, I, I couldn't really tell much of a difference in the energy on TV. You know, there's some broadcasts where they do like a great job of like feeding in like the crowd noise and there's some where they do a really poor one. This was the latter where it was like, you, you just couldn't really tell. And that's weird because I feel like Fox is usually better at that. And it's like those ESPN yeah. plus games where you can't hear the crowd at all, but that is, that is weird. I did wonder how it looked and felt on TV because it was a weird – like, I did expect more. But when we got going, it was pretty loud. So, um, the, the thing, too, I would have – and, you know, it's, it is what it is with these September kicks. I always worry about the pre, like, 6 o'clock kick on in September because once you get about an hour and a half or two hours in, I think a lot of people are just like, you know what, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go watch somewhere in AC. 
And it as was much as I hate to say that. As yeah. much as I hate to say that. It was it was hot too. So I I just I didn't expect it to be that warm. So if I would have thought about it, I would have realized the crowd probably wouldn't have been up to it. But I mean, as far as the game goes, I, I guess the game was weird. I, I told this to a few people it, because I felt I couldn't decide if we if Tech was lucky or unlucky. Like overall, because I felt like we should have won that game handily, like still kind of do. But then at the same time, because you didn't, you did get lucky a few times. I don't know. It was just a, it's a weird game. Yeah. I mean, I thought we could have won the game handily, you know, after the first half and, and considering the way our defense played. I mean, it's hard to lose when the other team, when, when our defense played the way it did. Yeah. I mean, they, they had, they, they didn't, they had one touchdown drive that was somewhat legitimate, but it was, you know, buoyed by this long pass to ball that you described where he arguably pushed off. Yeah. I mean, otherwise their, their scoring drive started within the 20 yard line and ended in field goals. So right. that, that's a, that's a bad thing for an offense. So, I, I mean, I, considering the way our defense played and, and you're up by two touchdowns at halftime, certainly I, I mean, I was fully expecting us to win by multiple possessions. Yes, I was. Yes, I was as well. <laughs> Especially considering like you said, not only was the defense playing well, our biggest concern going into it was like, how in the hell are we going to cover Tank Dell? He is going to just dominate the secondary. They're going to – and I know you said they don't push the ball downfield, but I thought he would just get loose, and he did one time. If you would have told me he has one deep ball that wasn't a score, I would have predicted us to win by 20 probably. I think a lot of times for me how I really can judge the feel of the game is – how are you driving the ball versus how the other team is driving the ball? Does it feel like a struggle? Does it feel like you're kind of just rolling and it's easy? What it really felt like the whole game to me was that Houston was having to really just dig to get any kind of big play. And a lot of it really to me uh, was Toon just making big plays with pressure in his, in his face. It was kind of, it was, it's funny as it is, it's kind of similar to that, that opener against Murray State where their QB kind of the same thing and it kind of kept yeah. them in the game. Um, Houston kind of did the same thing where a lot of times it was Tank Dale just making a play where Clayton soon just got loose and, and would find him open. Um, but to me, the most maddening thing about the game and the thing that I just kept like, just wanted to pull my hair out, what little I have left uh, out over, was uh, it, it felt like we were, we consistently drove the ball the whole game. Like we yeah. never really had any true like, well, that's a three and out, except maybe one or two. It was never just like the offense was stagnant. We consistently moved the ball and we're getting first downs. It just felt like there was always like a weird third down or like you get like seven or eight plays into a drive and it would stall out for something like stupid. Like you just well, like Donovan Smith trips or you throw a dumb pick or um, you just miss one block from like breaking something and you just don't get a first down. Yeah. Um, it was it was all it just felt like at any moment that your offense was going to finally get that pace and rhythm and you just couldn't ever quite get there. And to me, that was the most frustrating thing about it. Even despite how poorly your offensive line played, you still were able to, you were getting a lot of like three and four yard plays consistently throughout the whole game. Yeah. I do wonder if that might be a theme with Kitley moving forward. Like when the offense is sputtering, it's really frustrating because there's moments of brilliance because again, with Cliff, his first his scripted plays were always unbelievable and then when you got out of that it was like a wild ride it, it, it was either awesome or it was awful and there was very few in between and I feel like Kitley might be one of those things like like it says like 
it's almost like when you start a car and the engine's really close to turning over and you're like, you can feel it and it just doesn't happen. You're like try it again. You can feel it and it doesn't happen. And that, exactly. that, that's a good way. I think the way you said that was, was right. It just, it felt like it was like one block or, or like one route, you know, run just a little differently away from like busting it wide open. Cause, cause all you had to do is all you have to do to win that game is score a touchdown in the second half. That's it. Yeah. One touchdown when you game. Or maybe not let not throw one to them. <laughs> or that. Or don't throw a pick six and you win. Um, so you know, it, that was the maddening thing about the offense. So um, I know we've we've all written things about it this week. I am real I am even more worried about this offensive line than I thought I was going into the year, especially your tackles. I thought, just to put it bluntly, I thought they got kind of abused the whole afternoon. Um you know, now I think some credit to Houston and their defensive line. I think they have something that really, uh, really took advantage of you, which was they, they have a couple of just like true speed edge rushers that anytime you got into like a second or third long and they knew we were going to pass it, those guys just pinned their ears back and, and just got after it. I did want to ask Hunter, because I can never tell, I don't know if he's serious or not, but he keeps comparing Parrish to james harrison and i don't know i know he doesn't think he's that good but like how good do you think parish is like is he going to be the best edge we see i have no idea i mean he i said he we made him look like james harrison on saturday yeah i mean dana dana said it was the single greatest defensive performance that he had ever seen that's what he that's how he described it i mean it was incredibly impressive like in the stadium i didn't realize I didn't realize he had four and a half sacks. Like I, I figured he had two. I didn't. Re- I guess I, I missed a couple, or didn't realize he was at the bottom of those. Yeah, he was good. And you know, um, to Will's point, wa- having watched a bunch of teams now to this point, um, U of H is is sort of unique in just the way that they have four down linemen, and they have these ends that play outside of the tackle, and they just go upfield like and and. Uh, like our defense, I mean, we do that some, you know, we're in a three-man front and we 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 kind of configure Tyree to do that, but not a lot of teams do. And um, like watching NC State, they don't really do that. That You know, we're not, they don't, unless they change things up for us, which they maybe could and should, um, they won't have like a, a defensive end type body lined up outside of our tackles. They have a three-man front. They're, they're kind of typical three, four end types. They're, they don't look like um, Derek Parrish, you know, um, and so, and I think in the, most of the teams have a three-man front, you know, unique or U of H just might, you know, kind of be a, a, a unique situation for us and really highlight, you know, I think Kidley described it as uh, they put our tackles on islands and that he didn't expect, he said it himself this week, he didn't expect NC State to do that as much, that their rush is more interior and they do it just with like blitzing, you know? Um, yeah. So maybe that was just a horrific matchup for us. I think um, that's possible. That's what we need. To, we, we need to hope that. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, we were all three pretty confident. And I, and I think we all three made the, made the same mistake of maybe underestimating Houston's defense and also underestimating how bad the offensive line was. Because I've made this point <clears throat> on the board, too. I think that the, the, the plays that the DBs made for – all of those picks, except for the one at the seam at the goal line, were like really good plays. Like, I mean, the pick six, 
it, it wasn't necessarily telegraphed. They just no, he jumped it. Yeah, yeah he straight and, up jumped it. And if he didn't jump it, the guy behind him did. And then the play, the you know, the what I thought was the game ceiling interception. I mean, that guy turned into the offensive player and and made a really good jump on the like that looked like something Trayvon Diggs does. Like it's like I've I've played receiver my whole life. I know how to go get that ball, and that's what he did. And that and not every DB is doing that. Uh, and I know it, it looks easy because the ball is floated. But the way the angle and the way he played it is not easy, um, and so I think I don't know I don't I can't I can't figure out the the way to, how to weight the percentages of how bad our offensive line was or just how much I underestimated either the matchup or how good Houston was. So I think a lot of what we talked about rang true. I think with their offense, it really came down to they don't have a really any big time skill players other than Tank Dell, who I think Tank Dell is going to be one of the top three or four skill players you see all year long as far as like just a weapon that the other team has um kind of like more percy harvinish you know than, than i kind of thought he was um kind of a guy and they had a couple of like solid players you know um like that that guy who transferred from usc uh golden. You know, used to be a qb yeah he, he no not golden no. other uh oh yeah he made he he could have got loose a couple times and had a couple matchups he won but he didn't uh just didn't get a catch um and then golden had that play on the tunnel screen in ot you know to score where we just had bad leverage on it um but other than that i i just didn't think their skill players were that great and then which is um, weird for houston to me yeah they should they should almost be like us like and always have guys to throw the ball to i think it's possible we didn't we made them look kind of pedestrian too. I mean, yeah. that, they did some things that I think it will work on a, a lot of teams that don't have muddy waters in the flats. I mean, yeah. he, he's like a, he's a one man quick game wrecking crew. Yeah. Like every uh, time, every time they tried to do it, he would just, they would have us block. They would have the numbers. It's not like they were, it's not like we were doing like something schematically to, to like trump card their, what they were doing. Like they had the numbers, they throw it out there. Muddy waters would be his guy to make the tackle. Yeah. It's like, okay, second down, second and nine. <laughs> right. That is a nice trick to have because in the past we've always had to have the advantage or that place going for 11 <laughs> instead you know, we, we don't have the advantage, but it's a one yard loss or one yard gain. What was crazy watching that game. I cannot remember the last time I watched a game against like a legitimate opponent where I was like, Oh, I think we just have better players than them. Yeah. <laughs> as far as our yeah. defense, you know what I mean? That's a good point. Um, I, I thought there were a lot of guys that were just winning their matchups consistently all day, especially your defensive line. And, uh, you know, I thought that uh, Krishan Merriweather had a great day. I thought Reggie Pearson had a really good day in the secondary. Um, I thought your corners had a – took a big jump from week one to week two. Definitely. Um, you know, the one downfield play notwithstanding. Um, Malik was you know, awesome. I, and, Malik and, uh, was great. And Hunter said it in his video, really used his link on several occasions. Uh, I thought on that last one in the end zone, he was going to tip it to Tangdell, but yeah. <laughs> luckily that fell to the turf. <laughs> the, uh... Yeah. Tank, uh, Tyler Owens should have caught, maybe could have made a play, but you know, that's, I thought it was interesting that he was on the field in that, in that moment. Maybe they, the game. they subbed him in to specifically cover Dell. I watched it. They, they took, I can't remember who they took out, but they took, they were going to play man and they put Tyler Owens on there to cover Tank Dell. And I, and from my perspective, I thought that Toon should have thrown it to Dell, but as I watched it back, I realized I think it was Coast. No, it wasn't Kosai. Uh, I think it was Moore 
more kind of he looked like he was going to you know step up and try to stop the run and then at the last second backed up and I think he blocked the throwing lane because Dell had gotten across the face like I thought it was going to be six the way because I we didn't have good leverage from the start and and Dell beat Owens but I, the only thing I can think of why two didn't look there is because mm-hmm. Moore stepped in that throwing lane yeah. um, but yeah I thought I thought Dana should have ran it twice you know it was like third and three yeah and just yeah um, I, I think we would have made it played just but the their good running back was hurt by then is the only yeah, reason I thought they didn't. That they're not going to run it four straight times. I think he probably should have. But let's – okay, he took the ball in overtime. And I, I touched on this last week. Uh, he's got a flawed <laughs> method here on deciding <laughs> to take the ball first in overtime. It's but it should have worked twice. Like, it worked against UCSA. No, no. I, I disagree. <laughs> I mean, if he has the we – sc- we scored on fourth down or we in overtime. We take the – if he's second, we're kicking a field goal. Like – I mean, we, you, we allow we you allow us. On, we didn't score on fourth. We, now. we went for it on fourth and, and converted. I mean, oh, you, yeah, 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 yeah. when yeah. you take the ball first, the second oh, team. No. I mean, yes. that is a huge advantage. I you agree with you. Tell me yes. that his, his what he says is, well, we just know what we're going to do, that we have an advantage now because overtime. OK, we're on offense because we know the other team's going to defer and we know we're going to take the ball and that creates an advantage for us. Right. Like what? <laughs> no, yeah. I think the thing, the thing for me was like, he, it wasn't just that he would like, was like, Hey, like, here's something statistical. We looked this up. We think it's good. He was so smarmy and just, he was <laughs> oh, yeah. bluntly, he, he was knew what he jackass was about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's to me was the thing is that he was just like, you guys ever heard of analytics before? And it's like, yeah, Daniel, we haven't guess what you Not, picked the wrong one. I agree with y'all, but like, Imagine how arrogant would he, he would have been if we don't convert a ridiculous fourth and 20 and he does it twice and wins twice. Like, I get that's not good logic, but imagine if he, yeah, or, or, right. or imagine if he takes the ball second, it's third and three, they're down by a touchdown because after Donovan scrambles and they, what do you think they're doing? I mean, they have another play, right? They, they feel incomplete. They're running another play. I mean, yeah. it's just, uh, I, that was, kind of fitting you know that, that we go to overtime and I'm, I'm in the stands like we're on defense yeah. we're on defense like you know before that going flip i know we're on defense and it's the, start getting ready we advantage we we just took away their advantage because we know we're on defense yes I mean, the, the 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 what makes it especially dumb is the fact that like since you know they defer or we defer whatever, whatever no they took the ball like they got the first yeah. choice that means we got the choice in the second overtime and put them in that position again. That that's what makes it that's what makes it yeah, even more it stupid. stupid. Yes. Yeah. Like you you you're not only in an, a, like a, a bad position once, that puts you in a bad position twice. Like yeah. it's doubly bad. I, I don't get it, but what did, did y'all watch his uh, post game presser? Yeah. Was I, I, was oh, that the one where he, he said was. He well, was salty. I did like his man. quote about Joey. Wasn't it like his enthusiasm is nauseating or something? I heard him say that to somebody. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, I think that was, uh, I think that Level was... said that he said that pregame to Level just on the oh, field. Oh, okay. I didn't know if he said that. I thought he said that in his post game. I couldn't remember where I saw that. <laughs> no, but he was, he was, he was salty and he wasn't even like that mad at tech. He was like, I have never seen a coach like so actively pissed about how his own team played well, did, after a game as he was. You could have got all that from the way he threw his headset down as Donovan was crossing the goal line. Like it was oh. the most dismissive, just so mad. 
you know Dana is like the all-time goat as far as head as far as headset yes. talking though. Yes. Like there's some, there's something like he breaks one like at least one a game. Like I'm being serious. Like at one point when he was at West Virginia, somebody like tracked it. He broke one or two every single game. Yeah, that, that's not a surprise. I I think before we move off of you know I we can kind of touch on this as we move to to North Carolina State. So uh, anything else on the Houston game that stuck out to y'all? Thought we ran the ball better after on the rewatch than I did on the initial first watch, especially in the second half. And I, uh, just me personally, I wish we would have stuck with it more because I think as the game went on, we started running it better and better. And I'm not talking even about Donovan running it. I'm just talking traditional run plays. I think that we started to find a rhythm with Taj and it felt like every time that he would kind of get rolling that we would run run, run some weird like trick play or pass play or we'd get cute with it. I, I felt like if we would have stuck with it more, we would have we would have found a we would have scored again in, in the second half. I definitely thought that our advantage in the run game was like y'all mentioned, their ends rushing up field and creating holes. And it looked like that eventually started happening in the second half. Uh, especially when you we were running some like dart and counter and trap stuff that was really, you know, causing pro and Taj is really good at running that. Um, you know, the people around me in the stands, oh, great, another run play. You know, like it was, it was a very much like uh, Tuberville environment around me with those draws and handoffs in the first half that weren't going anywhere. Um, but it will be, I, I thought the line improved when Jacoby Jackson went in there. And I don't know if that was just game flow. They were a little more tired. He is humongous. I don't know. But I mean, him and Dennis Wilburn together, that's – they looked pretty good to me once he came in. I don't – and like I said, I, I don't know if – where that leaves Wright, where that leaves Peterson. And I know Wright's not even healthy, but it, it'll be interesting to see what that line looks like on Saturday. But Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I thought uh, – yeah, like I said, I thought Jacoby was, was an upgrade whenever he came in. You know, I, I – you know, again, like you said, I don't know if that was a game flow or if that was just we got deeper into the game. And maybe Houston, honestly, as active as they were up front, if they started getting more tired. Yeah. Um, it's just – and, you know, just to the same point again, I, you know, I, I just wish we would have run it more. And I, I hope I end up being wrong. But the biggest thing with Cliff that I always had a complaint about as him as a play caller is he would always, even if the run game finally found some rhythm, eventually he would just kind of get antsy and just, like, throw it out the window and start passing a bunch. Yeah. Kitley kind of did that some in the second half. Um, so I don't know. I, to me, just the run game, especially when you have a quarterback and an offensive line that are, you know, kind of as up and down as we are, those run plays on first and second down, while they're not sexy, you know, getting three and four yards and keeping up some good like momentum with your drives, to me, it sets you up better than whenever a lot of times we were trying to throw on first down and it was resulting in a sack or an yeah. incompletion, and then you have second and long, and then we those that, yeah. to me that was when we got in trouble. Yeah, and I also think like teeter is one of the most important guys on this team and I don't know how we got there and I, I, it's good for him, but like he plays every special teams. We can't run the ball when he's not out there. Like, I don't know what we would do if he got hurt. I don't know if you noticed that in your rewatch Hunter, but he's crucial to our run game. Yeah. I mean, it looked like we were pushing buttons, doing a bunch of different formations and personnel to try to figure out a way to run the ball and we're having trouble. I mean, I, I was not impressed with we, – we did it late. Yeah, like in the overtime, the first touchdown we scored after the fourth and 20, you know, those were 
to you like when there's, there comes a point where you almost have to be able to run the ball you know to score it's just really hard to throw for touchdowns inside the you know 15 or 10 yard line and so yeah. um, that that was good to see but overall i i, I think we're going to um, I think they have U of H has a good front, a good pass rushing front. I don't know how good they are stopping the run, especially compared to other teams we're going to play this year. Um, I'm not optimistic about it, to be honest. No, which is yeah. which is unfortunate because we've got two good running backs. Yes. And we have a yeah. we have a mobile quarterback that should make things easy, even easier to to you know hand the ball off. But um, it is, yeah. I think I, that's why I'm mean, I'm really interested. This maybe a segue to to this Saturday because. Um, Kitley said, McGuire said, I even think it could be like a McGuire directive um, that we've got to figure out a way to not be second and 10, third and 12, yeah. third and nine. Um, it's just, some, that's just not good for Donovan. It's not good for our offensive tackles. And I mean, there's ways to not be like that, but the, the most obvious one is to run the ball on first and 10 and try to get some yards. But we're, we're talking about an offensive coordinator that if you, if you put a chart up, and you showed um, ratio of passes to runs on early downs last year. Everybody's like over here towards the right. And, and then there's this one little way at the top left, and that's Kitley. And then there's another one right below him, and that's my leech. And like <laughs> there's no one even close to them. So it's just we've talked about this kind of all summer. It's like, will Kitley, is he going to do what he's been doing, or is he going to do something different? You know, and I don't know, it might be tough for him to to do something that is different than what he's been doing in the past. It's also tough because the problem with the offensive line is not coaching. It's not scheme. It's just it's a problem you can't fix. It was a, it was an underserved position group and we all saw it unfolding. It was like Cliff with the defensive line and linebackers. It was like. We all saw what was coming. The train was, was you know, what, what did Dan Campbell say? That's not a light at the end of the tunnel. That's a train coming at you. Like we knew what was happening and there, and like there was nothing the three of us or anybody we're in a text group could do to stop it. And that's where we are at the offensive line is like, I think Jacoby Jackson is good. I think the young guys you have coming in are good, but you're at this, you know, and it's not, it's not the, those guys fault, but it's just, you don't have, the guys to do what you want to do. Like, even if you wanted to run the ball, it might be stupid too, because you can't block them. So I don't know. It, it's a weird situation to me, but it will be interesting because the way Gibbs, Tony Gibson likes to run his defense is you never know where the pressure is coming in, in like, you know, Hunter, before we got on here, you sent three screenshots of D linemen dropping into coverage. If you can catch them like that, you should be able to run the ball. And, and he likes to do that a lot. And so it, even though this defense is better, it wouldn't surprise me if we also had a better running day because that's kind of what they – they would rather give that up than, you know, a touchdown, you know, on a deep throw. Like uh, they, They're going to make you drive the ball. The thing, too, with their defense is, is they uh... – you know, they slant so much and they do so much with their linebackers moving guys around and the defensive line will do different things. When they're bringing all these six-man pressures, how they like to slant a lot of times, if you catch them right, you'll catch them guessing wrong, which yeah, kind of sure. – he, 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 he kind of runs this real gambler's mentality defense that he's just really good at it, at like knowing when to do what as far as guessing. Um, but if you catch them wrong, you can hit on, especially I think with a tailback like Taj, who's so good at being decisive. I think if you if you stick with your run game, 
I think he can hit on some big, big plays. I'm not saying he's like, like much of like 40 and 50 yarders, but I think he can hit on some like 10 and 20 and 25 yard runs if you stay patient with it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be there. Um, the other thing too about his defense is, you know, it's funny as it is like the defense, the offenses that do the best against him have a couple things. One, you have like a high level ground game. Two, um, you have a really good offensive line because they can, you know, they'll, they'll, they give you QB time to figure out something to do. And three, a lot of times you have pretty good outside receivers who can win these one-on-ones because while, you know, this defense is, you know, it's a three, three, five stack where you're going to try to, you know, sort of keep guys from going over the top. He does put the corners on islands a lot because those safeties are so active doing so much. So when you put those corners on islands, a way that you can you can move the ball on them is if you have really big physical receivers who can win those one-on-ones. So I think a lot of this game is going to come down to that, is, you know, how do Loic and Jaron and, uh, you know, your, your backup, like, outside receivers, how do they fare? And can you get any time for, uh, you know, for, uh, for Don to throw? I would like yeah, to not- – yeah, go ahead. I'm just gonna say I'm not. They have serious beef, um, like on their line. I mean, they, they like I said, three down linemen. All three will be 300 pounds. Now they'll put them in put them in coverage at times, but uh, I think it's gonna be a much tougher test running the ball against them than it was against U of H. Yeah, and it, it may be one of the tougher tests we play all year in they terms do. of a front seven defending the run and a scheme that is wanting to defend the run. Kitley said that he described it as they quote unquote dare you to pass because they crash so hard with their safeties and they're moving all these guys around. So I, I'm not, that part I, could be the Donovan Smith show Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it reminds me of Baylor's defense with, and Hunter, you pointed out, they have a Baylor sized nose tackle <laughs> that wears number zero that is going, I mean, that's Wilburn is going to have to show up, <laughs> which he, he's I think he's been our best offensive lineman so far. So at least and, and they have an all, they have an all conference guy that plays ahead of him. They, he, that, Splits oh. wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was Corey Durden. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, All Corey right. Durden, he's like, he's like a true, like, nose tackle. Here's one way to frame this game, and I'll see how, see how it makes you feel. Having watched uh, Devin Leary, he can sling it. <laughs> yes, he can. <laughs> he can really sling it. I, I think he, he might be the best quarterback play all year. For the year. I, I think that is true. With Ewers hurt. I think that's, that's true. I think it. I think it could be, probably will be the the toughest environment we'll play all year. That will be close at Kansas State. That'll be rocking at Oklahoma State too. I don't know if those will be night games. Just with you're, our, you're forgetting the people's Heisman, Jalen Daniels from Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. He looks great. I'm being serious. Kansas um, is going to be a problem. Yeah, they, they aren't bad. I think it's the it's 100. It's the most experienced defense you'll play all year. I don't know yeah. if it's the the best. It could be the best, but it's definitely the most experienced. So we've got, um, and then we're and that's their their home. I mean, they haven't lost their. I think they have the nation's longest winning streak at home. So we're we're talking about them. We're playing maybe the most experienced, or you know, for sure the most experienced defense. Maybe the best, the best quarterback possibly in the toughest environment. Um, playing on the road, not a good <laughs> recipe. <laughs> this is uh, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, they they did not think that NC State would be in a position like when they scheduled this in 2016. I don't think they could have foresaw that 
they're going to sell out the tech game and then the Yukon game afterwards. I saw them announce that they've sold out the next two games. And the second one is against Yukon. Like well, that's, from what they have, they have some, they are no longer a basketball school. Hopefully it's a Texas tech sellout where there's 70% there and the student sections halfway gone by the fourth quarter. <laughs> I, I think it's a pretty similar like football environment as far as ours from what I've always kind of heard. It's like super rowdy, like, People like like in the ACC talk about going there to play, and they're just kind of like, "Oh God, I gotta go go to like that zoo and yeah. go play a game." Apparently, um, our stadiums but, are very similar, like sized and dimensions. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be like I said. I think it's a tough matchup. I think what scares me most about it is, as far as being a bad matchup, is I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Taylor, but I don't think Tech's ever beaten a Tony Gibson defense. And they, not when he was I, he yeah not at West Virginia, uh, and I don't think we played him any other time. But 2014 no. was the long field goal here, 37-34. 2015 was 31-26 in Morgantown. 2016 was the beat down here in Lubbock, 48-17, 46-35 in Morgantown, and then uh, 42-34 uh, in 2018. Yeah. And and you know while it looks like oh we scored 30 in most of those games. You did, but a lot of it was late. Yeah, you were down 14. You were down. Yeah. And those games, uh, you know, and I I kind of hinted at it earlier, but the most frustrating thing to me about those games was is that you just never really seem to adjust on offense um, because what what they're really going to do is, is one, they're they're super aggressive on defense. You can't – it's really hard to get any kind of lateral passing game going against them. Um, So screens are something they try to take away really quickly. So – so to win against them, again, you have to stay patient with your run game. You have to hit some downfield balls. And uh, I, I think, too, something that, um, you know, looking at some things I think they'd be susceptible to because you really want to put their aggression uh, kind of at bay. I think running a lot of RPOs against them is is good. I don't think screens necessarily, but like some like uh, RPO like pop plays would be a good thing. Like maybe it's like an RPO where maybe you're throwing a stick or you're throwing something down the seam. Stuff where you want to put their linebackers and safeties in conflict is really what you want to do. And the biggest thing too with Tony Gibson is he is trying his damnedest to dictate what you are doing on offense. He yeah. wants to he wants to dictate what you are going to do. You have to be aggressive and attack them. You, basically, you just have to match their aggression with what they're doing. And I just don't know that um, Cliff ever really did that. And I definitely don't think you were ever patient enough running the ball against them. No. So I, it's, just a, it's just a really weird matchup, and he has always feasted on air-rated offenses. So. And one thing, and I know, and I think Hunter and I have texted about this, but one thing he likes to do is, like, he's trying to F with the quarterback. Like with their head, like he, you see this, this is what we're actually doing. You think you see this, this is what's actually happening. You, you know, you see this 300 pound defensive end, he's dropping into the flat. Like they're doing a bunch of stuff that's, that makes the quarterback. And I think that's why he's been successful against the air raid because it's a lot of quarterback making split second decisions, like, you know, a B decisions, basically open, closed, open, closed balls going here type thing. And he's trying to, muddy that read some and so that'll be interesting to see because kitley's brand is a little different um it is more like to me he really tries to push the ball downfield and and to, to me that was almost 
I wish he wouldn't have done so much of that against Houston because I thought the quick game looked really good, especially Mm -hmm. in the first half. And so I do wonder, though, if that becomes a benefit against NC State where he doesn't he's not going to, you know, he's not falling for a lot of Gibson stuff because we're looking to push the ball beyond that. Now, again, that goes. Can you protect long enough to do some of that? And I guess that's where Donovan comes because I I texted uh, Ben and Hunter. I was like. There's a that to me the the scenario where Texas Tech wins is our defense plays well enough to keep the game close into the fourth quarter, and I think our defense is good enough to do that actually. Which last time I said that, and Hunter wrote about this today, we got punked on Twitter. But um, that I think they're good enough to keep it close, and then like Donovan just makes plays in the fourth, and and it, and then we have a guy making plays in a nationally televised east coast game and we've got like a phenom on our hands with donovan like that's to me that's that's the the route for a texas tech victory and i don't know if that's realistic or not and you you know what else too while i wasn't crazy about it last game i I understood why they did it this actually is probably the game where qb draws might actually work better than they did against houston if you can get them to be a little over aggressive i also think this is a good game where donovan's like Donovan as a physical runner may kind of give you a little bit of a mismatch advantage here. Um, and I think you didn't really do it last week. I would wonder too, to kind of alleviate some of the offensive line issues. Maybe you create more like, uh, I don't know, maybe you roll the pocket some, or maybe you do some things where you're doing some more bootlegs where he can either, you know, seize the downfield, he can run it, or he can throw it to somebody in the flats. Um, I don't know. To me, it's maybe that's maybe one thing that they they haven't played anybody like Donovan. And really, that's the thing about Donovan is until you play him, he's kind of a unique bird as far as quarterback goes because he is so big. Yeah. But he's but he's a legit like a legit runner and not just like a you know, whenever we had Pat, Pat was this guy that he would run and you would be like, this makes no sense that he can run, but he's like physical. He still looks like that. He's just physical and he'll figure out a way to get five or six yards. Donovan is a very different runner to where if he finds kind of a seam and gets downhill, he'll get 10 or 15 yards like like that in a hurry. But he's also physical enough that if you need him in short yards, you can do it. So he's kind of unique in that aspect. And I would wonder if you can maybe use that to your advantage against an aggressive defense like theirs. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll – I agree. I th- well, I don't know if we're going to use it to our advantage, but I, I do think the game could turn into last Saturday where you lose a lot of confidence handing the ball off and running. And so when you ha- when it's time to run the ball on third and short, you're doing a quarterback power. I, I could see that happening a bunch. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see what Kelly does. I think there's a lot of questions. Um, can we – is our tempo the same on the road and when there's noise happening? Mm. Um, do we – just based on comments this week where – Sounds like we're going to be a little more conservative on first down and try to not put ourselves behind the eight ball. Um, I, or does that mean like formation wise, or we can see like tighter, more tight ends um, or um, do you spread them out? Cause I, I, I think you, I, it, I think you can make things easier on the quarterback when you have really spread them out. It, it, I think it limits Gibson's ability to kind of disguise things because if you've got five receivers standing out there, you got to put bodies in front of them. You know, you can't just have eight guys inside the box, you know, flipping safeties, flipping, doing all these things. So, but do we do that? Well, it's kind of hard to run the ball and get conservative on first down if you're in five wide and let, you know, I, I, I think we'll um, learn a lot about Kitley, the, this version of Kitley Donovan after Saturday. Uh, I think we'll come out of this. I, 
this is like cliche, but um, you know, we could get just destroyed. I, I think no matter what, we'll come out of this better. I think Donovan will be, will be a better quarterback after this yes. Saturday. He's going to yeah. get some stuff thrown at him. I mean, we're really going to, his processing and decision-making are going to be tested. And then I think it's also what will be tested is like the, after the bad decision, just as an example, like we, we think they're doing something and they're not. And like, does he force something in there or does he just be like, Oh my God, this isn't, this is bad. I'm going to take off running. And is that like a seven yard game? Because <laughs> that's the problem for the defense. If that's, if that is an outcome, you know, um, if they, they trick us, they get what they want. And Donovan like falls for four yards. Yeah. Um, is, is he doing that or is he forcing something or is he, has he checked into a run when they wanted us to check into a run? You know, right. I, that's the, that, that's what's exciting for me. Well, well, exciting, but you know, nerve wracking too. Right. A, a play that I remembered, I think, I can't remember if it was in the, the re the cinematic recap that the the like the media team put out or what but it was like second half third and 18 i'm getting ready to punt and i look up and like donovan is nonchalantly scrambled for 19 you know like and i and like that wasn't even i mean like we forget about it because of how the game went and i, I don't think we scored i think we missed a field goal on that drive or something but it's it's like hunter just said like that's that kind of stuff is demoralizing and especially if you're doing a bunch of stuff that Gibson likes to do. And because I think Donovan was at his best when we went empty and could he like, it was, it's almost like we made fun of it. And I, I made fun of it at the time and kind of still do, but like the Vince young offense where it's like, we're calling this play, but it's like, we really want you to run. Like <laughs> the receivers are running routes to create space. And so you can run. So buy some time and then run. Cause like, that's what the scramble you know, the, the, the huge scramble in the last drive looked like that's what the, that's what it looked like in the, uh, the, the overtime score. Like, I do wonder if we use some of that just because it'll make the reads easier. That's something empty always does. And it creates lanes for Donovan. You can't do that all the time, obviously. Cause then like you said, well, you have no run game basically other than Donovan scrambling, but I do, th- I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if we saw empty quite a bit. I, to me, um, First on Donovan, the thing that I actually love about Donovan in a situation like this, he just is so like steady and like personality wise is like so even keel. Like throw a touchdown, okay, awesome, great. I'm excited about it, but great. Uh, throw a pick, all right, cool. I'll just keep on going. He just throughout that whole fourth quarter, which you know he played, he had an awful fourth quarter, but he pulled. You know, at the end, he found he found a way to make it happen. And then overtime, he did the same thing. He just kept yeah. on plugging. To me, going on the road in a situation like this, that's exactly who you want under center. You don't want these, like, super emotional up-and-down guys, yeah. as far as when they're younger anyway. If, if for a younger guy, he has the – you know, I think he has the perfect disposition to be in a position like this to not get shaken, like, in, in a situation like this. So I like that a lot. What I also – you know, kind of my hope is, is you know, I want to see – a lot of different formations because I want us to throw a lot of different stuff at at uh, at their defense. This is one of those where, uh, and we ran it in the first half a little bit against Houston, and we really got away from it. So I was like, that was interesting. Um, but we ran a lot of like twelve personnel in the first quarter. Like there was like two series where all of a sudden we had two tight ends on the field for the whole se- like well, almost like two entire series, and then we completely went away from it the rest of the game. But they were pretty, like, good series, and I was like, well, I'd, I'd like to see more of that. And to me, this is a game where um, I think your tight ends, especially maybe Tharp, could be a mismatch in this. 
because, you know, I think at times, you know, when they were, uh, when he was the DC at West Virginia, Iowa State always gave them fits. And it was because it didn't matter how aggressive they go or what scheme they were running. Iowa State would just say, okay, uh, Charlie Kohler or version whatever point oh Charlie Kohler that tight end that Iowa State's running out there. Yeah. They would just find him, throw him the ball because no one can guard him. So maybe you can take advantage of some of that too on this weekend. So I, I think there's, you know, it, do I feel very good about the matchup? Not really. I think it's, I think it's a tough matchup to pull for your offense, but at the same time, I think unlike maybe the last couple of times that you've played them when Cliff was, Cliff was running the show, you have a pretty different personnel package that I think more so but offensive line aside, but your skill guys more so are more geared towards playing a defense like this. Yeah, my, I agree. My concern, and I was actually going to ask Hunter about this when we were talking about Houston. I don't know. Did we underestimate the skill in our tight end room? Or does, is Kitley still trying to figure out how to use them? Because I, I agree that they could be a weapon, but I don't know if we will use them because we haven't. We haven't yeah, we, we haven't used them. We you know, haven't effectively used them. And, and uh, two of the forces that Donovan's had, one in Murray State, one um, against U of H, where it's a Tharp. Yeah. And near the – no, they weren't both in the red zone. But Tharp hasn't ran that many routes. And, and – uh, Done two of them, done just throwing it when he should not have. And, yeah. and there was the one, the goal line fade that he kind of he got his feet tangled up. No, I think it's a good question. I don't know. I think that's uh, they're they're young though too, you know. Yeah. So I think yeah. we probably we're probably both overestimated overestimated them a little bit. And Kidley's still trying to figure out how to use them. Um, but yeah, you said it earlier. If, if five wide, you're most if you spreading people out is is what's effective you know, we're just not going to see him that much. Cause I don't, I don't think we, we don't, um, you know, Cliff would do this too. You know, we could, he could be in five wide, but it'd be a, a tight end and a running back out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. the personnel would, would not necessarily be, would be that, but uh, Kitley hasn't done that that much. Um, yeah. That, Which I, I see, it's one of those things where I see both sides. I'd probably like to see both. Like I get like, give me Loic, Bradley, Nehemiah, Miles Price and, Brady Boyd out there like that is that is I love those five guys out of there at the same time but it was especially the way that they block I, you know yes. Boyd impressed me blocking yeah downfield. Boyd so Loic yes you know yeah we're Boyd not, we're not absolutely Boyd basically like we we'd always tell our receivers like we want you to put that guy with the band and that is basically what Boyd did like on several occasions like it was like I wish I wish he would have been rewarded with a bubble or something because he deserved it after some of those blocks. But I would like – I just don't know if it's in Kitley's bag necessarily, but I would like to see some boots to tight ends. You know, yeah. I would like to see just some, like, some tight end mesh. You know, if we're in 12 personnel, just run those guys. Like, we, we run yeah. a ton of mesh. Let's see it with Cup and Tharp, you know. like. Yeah. But, again, right. those things require time, and that might be why we're not seeing it. Yeah. And then uh, something else that's funny. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Something else that was funny to me too. Uh, you know, the last couple of years we've run so much like, uh, like so many pop passes, you know, with, with Cumbie and then we did it before with Yoast. Um, this is kind of the ideal time to run that kind of stuff because it, again, it puts those linebackers in like a, a lot of conflict. So where am I going to hand this off or am I just going to like pop it over to a tight end? I think this is a perfect game for something yeah. like that. 
I kept expecting to see it. And maybe it's because I watched Kansas State run it <laughs> right before our game, but I kept expecting to see like that fourth down we ran with Donovan where he should have had it and slipped. I would love to see that exact play with a pop pass. Like yeah. speaking exactly. of their linebackers, they got like an all American one, Drake Thomas, white guy. Does he remind you of anybody? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he reminds me of uh, uh, Rico Jeffers, actually. Insert. I was, listening to, I was listening to Don Williams today. First thing he's like asking this yes. NC State guy, he's like, Drake Thomas, you know, he really reminds me of Colin Schooler. And if I'm it like, wasn't Colin Schooler, come on, Don. Zach Thomas. Yeah, come on, Don. <laughs> yeah, well, their best white receiver is, or their, wow, there's a Freudian slip. Their best wide receiver is a white guy, like that. Uh, what's Little his name? Guy. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. His name is uh, Thayer Thomas. That's Very right. white name, Thayer. Yes, Thayer, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so I was wondering if Don's got a, you know, he's got a lot to choose from. Wes, yeah, Darren Morris, yeah. Dalton Ridden. Yeah. Wes. Zuzalik, even. We could go yeah. really deep in there. Uh, so, yeah, but we haven't talked to much. We, I mean, we talked a little about the offense. The one thing I do want to say is about, or another thing about their offense, is I'm interested to see – Sometimes I think they try too much. <laughs> like I'm watching that East Carolina game and they are, well, I had it right here. They are four of 13 on third down. And I remember watching that game thinking like, your quarterback is good. Your running backs are like, why are you making this more complicated than it needs to be? And I almost think teams that are good and, and you know, they trans like this team got good at the end of last season. There's a lot of expectations. Sometimes yeah. I think, they do some of that. Like, it's like, just, just do what you're good at. I mean, I, I'm, I was getting frustrated watching them like against East Carolina. Like it almost felt a little bit like our Houston game. Like that game shouldn't have been that close. And then you should, probably shouldn't have won it in the end. And yet you did, but I don't know. I, I do wonder if maybe they will, they, they don't do what they're good at necessarily all the time like they try some different stuff and so i do wonder if that might we might can catch them a little bit there especially without just solid our defense is or so, seems to be yeah and they don't really seem to have like a, a like an x factor like a playmaker at receiver or tight end right i mean that to me their best receiver is there yeah i think they have, a really good, they have a really good tight end that's hurt yes yeah Penix. that's the thing yeah yeah Penix is hurt yeah, yeah he's hurt like he's out um, for six weeks, I think. But, but. it's you know, I, I mean, like I said, you know, they I think they have, you know, like y'all said, I think maybe arguably the best, like pure, like pure straight up QB that we're gonna play all year. But I just don't know if he has the skill talent that you're gonna see a lot of the rest of the year. I think they have good running backs, but the guys they had last year were better, and both yeah. those guys are both those guys are gone. So um yeah, they got a young yeah. guy that looks that's that looks good or, or that will be good eventually. It's, I mean, it's uh, really tough to pronounce, but it's a hyphenated one. First one's like sumo. He's kind of a slint. He's not a big guy, but he's he's yeah. got some moves. Number zero. Um, yeah, the, but you know, Leary, he he just can sling it. Like he's yes. gonna. There's gonna be some plays, um, third downs where we've got good coverage, and he's just gonna fire a ball over the middle and hit somebody. And the guy's covered, but he just like puts it right there, and it, and it like you know fits it in over some layer, and it's just gonna be like shit. No, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I, they don't. They look. It's it's a. It's not going to be anything that we haven't seen. It is a classic spread. It's it looks just like the Tom Herman offenses. Yeah. Um, and when this guy was calling plays, 
for him at Texas. A lot of like RPOs, just classic spread stuff. I mean, so it's not going to be, I like that aspect. I think that it's not some philosophical like shift for us defensively. Yes. To have to right. And, and, and Tim Beck to me as a play caller, isn't someone who like strikes the fear of God in me. Like as far as like, Oh, he's going to dial all this up. You know, uh, I, I'm not saying he's a bad OC. I think he's a solid OC and they finished top 30 in scoring offense last year, but they're not they're not going to be the best overall offense I think we see all year. No, and like I said, like I'm looking at Leary's stat line, like he was 17 for 33 against East Carolina, and it was because they were doing dumb stuff. Like they, like Hunter said, like he is if if he was here, I mean he would be unbelievable in the Kitley offense because he can, you know, three step three step drop, boom, put it on a rope. Some and he can run too. Yeah, he's a sneaky. He's a white. So. <laughs> He's a good runner. Um, yes, yes, very sneaky. He reminds do, me – this is like blasphemy. He reminds me of Mayfield. Like when I watch him, he kind of <laughs> reminds me of Mayfield. Like mm. he's got – he can make all the throws, but he can also hurt you if they're covered up. But, and, you know, he hasn't had any real uh, pressure, I don't think, put on him yet. Hopefully yeah. we can do that. They've got, they've got yeah. a good offensive line. They've got good tackles. Um, but – a good tackle may not be enough against Tyree Wilson. We'll see. Which which this may be, this is going to be the first test where we see, okay, legit how good is this defensive line? Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're getting after them and you're getting delirious and you're putting much pressure in his face, I think you got your answer on how legit is this, is this group up front. Because I think really that's, that's who's going to make the biggest difference. What's going to feel weird, too, is I think, I think like NC State could score 35, 38. And based off how the offense is playing, how the how the flow of the game is going, I still think that would mean the defense played pretty good, which is going to be weird because I could see a situation where like our offense really struggles. You know, they dominate time of possession. Our defense is playing a ton of snaps, and we're playing like we're we're holding our own. It's just we just can't. You know, we keep for for the dam will eventually break. Like it wouldn't surprise me to see that. And I, I don't think that means our defense is bad. I just think they're good <laughs> yeah something else too for them that's going to help them out um is if they're crossing the 50 and but you know if they're getting into you know inside the 35 and 40 a lot uh they have a like all conference level kicker so yes. they have a really yeah. high level kicker so um you know they, that could potentially be an x factor in this too so it yeah. you know um you know if, they, if they're getting into like scoring range at all then i think that you know they're going to be a threat to put up points every single time i do I do wonder about, and this is stuff that's like not really quantifiable. I do wonder about the, the mental aspect here with them. Like they've got, they've got sites bigger than beating Texas tech. And so I hope that we go into it knowing that like, what do we have to lose? You know, this is our first road game, new head coach. We've already, we already have a winning record, you know, non-conference. Like, let's just, let's let them, let's let them all hang out. And I do wonder if we can almost catch them a little bit, not napping, but not really like they might want to ease into this game or might need to ease into this game. And we're just ready to go. Like, I do wonder if there's some, some mental stuff, McGuire, speaking of McGuire, that quote that he had in the cinematic recap about, I don't know when and talking about Houston, I don't know when they're going to break, but they will break was so awesome. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> I, 
I love that, like, you have a head coach that's that confident in, you know, how he's prepared your guys and the mentality that he has, that he's like, you know what, like, eventually they're going to break and we'll, we'll take advantage and of And they did. They did. He was right. Like, it's awesome when you're right. Like, you don't play that quote in that video if you lose, obviously. But, <laughs> but like, I do, like, I say the, the non-quantifiable mental aspect because I think McGuire is the type of guy that taps into that stuff. Now it'll be his first, obviously the first road game. So you're going to get a really good feel for how, you know, from all everything that we've ever known about him, whether it's here or when he was at Baylor or when he was a head coach at Cedar Hill, he is known as like, he is like a guy who is like ultimate motivator, right? Yeah. He's going to get whatever level things get you to, he's going to get you there like mentally. Yeah. So we're going to find out on Saturday, you know, how much, how much that really means. Hunter, what do you think the line would have been if this wasn't McGuire's would the line change if we were playing at home? I mean, obviously it would at home, but what do you think the line would be at home against this NC State team? It'd be distinct, you know, it'd probably be five points difference. So two and a half take away from them, two and a half add to us. Hmm. Okay. I, and I guess it being McGuire's first road game doesn't really have any impact on anything. No, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I figure that's one of those things that's really hard to. It, it may just like the team's first road game. Yeah. Maybe like mm-hmm. tiny, but we're talking about like point half a point or less, you know, yeah. impact. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't, it's, I have a weird feeling. Like I, I I'm not going to pick tech to win, but having a guy like Donovan and I know like he made some mistakes and, and I kind of, some of those mistakes to me were just weird situation. Like, sure. Maybe he shouldn't have thrown it but I don't know why we're putting them in some of those situations, but also Donovan's the type of guy that can win you this game. And so that's why like, I'm excited, even though I think we're going to lose, I'm excited, which is a, it's a weird, a weird play on the emotions because it wouldn't shock me if Donovan goes out there and plays awesome, you know, Um, but he gives you a chance. I think like Kitley and this defense give you a chance. Honestly, I feel a lot of, I feel like this a lot, this very similar to how I felt about the bowl game. Like I didn't give us a chance in hell to win that bowl game. Yeah. I know bowl games are weird. Mississippi state had a bunch of guys sitting out, but whatever. Um, but, but that's kind of how I, but I felt like maybe Donovan gets hot and we win. And I kind of feel the same way about this game. So uh, my kind of hot take from all this. And again, I agree with you. I do not think we're going to win. I think it's a weird matchup, but the other thing that I sit back and look at, uh, looking at, you know, NC State's schedule last year, looking at their, you know, who they regularly play. The ACC just really is not that good at football, if we're being very blunt with each other. Yeah. So my thing, too, is, is, like, how good of a football team is this really based on what they did last year? The most points they scored last year was 45 ever. And, again, the ACC is not really, like, your, like, guiding light of football. I would say last year they were probably the fourth best conference in in in, in all the Power Five. So, I don't know, you know, uh, does that ultimately mean anything? Maybe, maybe not. But, I mean, we're going to find out. Yeah, that's a good point. I The, the ACC has definitely struggled. I don't, I don't know. Hunter, what do you got? You look like you had something exciting to tell us the way you leaned into your microphone. No. <laughs> oh. <none. laughs> Dang it. I don't think we'll – yeah, I mean, we're 10-point 10, 10 underdogs. I do have – I, I took a plus 10 and a half. I guess I think it'll be within 10. Yeah. I, I don't know what to expect. I, I could see us getting, getting beat by 30, to be honest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I could too. Um, 
I think Will made a good point. Like, not only is this team good, I think it's a bad matchup <laughs> as well, which sucks. Like, there's not even something you could point to. Like, yeah, they're good, but we'll get them here. I don't know where that here is. Uh, like, there's not an obvious place unless I'm missing something. I don't know where we have the advantage. I, um, so to me, I again, I just Leary is like I said. I think he may be the best QB you play all year. I just don't know if I really think the rest of that offense is anything above just like solid you know what i mean like i don't think they have a bad piece on offense same on defense i don't think they have bad players anywhere which is kind of their strength they're not really bad at anything yeah but i also don't know like what are they like elite at i don't know that they are like really just like high level elite at anything yeah so i don't know maybe that comes into play i, I ultimately think and you you've hit on a couple times taylor to me the ultimate x factor is is uh, do you get Donovan where he's confused and he doesn't know what's going on and he kind of I, I mentally I wouldn't think he was but he just kind of melts down in the moment or do you get oh wow like this is like x factor Donovan where yeah. Iowa State Donovan where yeah where, <laughs> where you can't really account for him as, yeah. as like with NC State's defense like they just don't know how to defend him yeah kind of a thing with I always like when you give us this Hunter like what are the so the the 10 point underdog. What does that give our, like, what's our chances? Like, I know what's the 30, 30%. Oh, that's actually higher than I thought it was going to be. All right. I can live with that. Okay. All right. Well, I, that's all I got. Like I said, I'm excited about this game, but to me, this is, this is, this is house money from, from, for me. I'm not, this game's not really going to affect my mood unless we have some like bad injuries or I don't know. Yeah. To me, to, to me, it's it's just kind of the game where I think you can take a lot away from it, win or lose. If you lose, you know, depending on how you lose, I think this is a good learning experience for your your first year team under under uh, Coach McGuire. You know, going on like a hostile road environment early. And to me, I, I always like playing these kind of games early because I think it really sets you up for success further down the down the season when you have a good a good coaching staff. Um, you know, but again, like I said, it's house money. I, I don't expect a win here. I, I think it's a really rough matchup with, with, with Tony Gibson. I think until proven otherwise, he has the Cliff and Kitley trees number until proven <laughs> otherwise. So yeah. hopefully I'm wrong. That's, that's probably fair. Um, all right, then. Well, on, on that uplifting note, <laughs> I will say if we figure out a way to, to win, next saturday is going to be bananas awesome yeah. Yeah. so uh let's that, that that'll be in my thoughts as we move forward saturday so anyway, see you guys next week these nerds nerd out a lot if you are a big tech nerd but you walked into the spot Here is part of